Sections 1 to 9 of On Providence and Fate by Proclus. Translated by Thomas Taylor. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Geoffrey Edwards. On Providence and Fate, and That Which Is in Our Power, to Theodorus the Mechanist. 1. I am of opinion, my friend Theodorus, that the conceptions of your mind are mature and adapted to a man who loves the contemplation of beings, and I am gratified that you have thought fit to write to us on these subjects, though there are many among you that are able to investigate and doubt with you about such like problems. But it is requisite, as it seems, that we also should adduce what appears to us to be the truth on the subjects which you have proposed for our discussion, and what we conceive to accord with things themselves, and with the opinions of the most celebrated of the philosophers prior to us, and that we should not in vain hear the inquiries of a man eminently skilled in mechanics, who was formerly known to us as i conceive and as you have asserted you inquire however about things which have been a thousand times investigated and which in my opinion will never have any rest because the soul is excited to the discussion of them much light having been already thrown on them by the elaborate writings of plotinus and iamblichus and prior to these by the divine plato and if it be not too much to say such particulars respecting them have been proclaimed by the divinely inspired mouth of theologists as plato alone has unfolded by demonstrations and why is it requisite to adduce to you plato and men who were divinely wise since they have been most luminously developed by the gods themselves who transcendently know what pertains to themselves, and what they have produced, and have not been delivered by them in enigmas, as by theologists. It is requisite, therefore, that we also, writing conformably to them, should, as I have said, adduce to you what appears to us to be the truth respecting the subjects of your inquiry. 2. You deserve indulgence if, looking to the all-various tragic and comic and other connections of human affairs, you have conceived that there is only one fabricator and maker of such colligations in the universe, and have called this fate, or rather, you have denominated it the series and consequent generation of things, have thought that such a dramatic scene is alone directed by some inevitable necessity and have celebrated this as providence and asserted that it alone possesses freedom of will and is the lord of all things but you have conceived that the freedom of will of the human soul is only a name and is truly nothing since she has an arrangement in the world is subservient to the energies of other things, and is a part of the mundane fabric. 
or rather that i may use your own words the human soul is a machine since there is an irrefragable cause which moves all things that the world comprehends in itself but the universe being as it were one machine the whole spheres are complicated in each other analogously to certain drums but the partial animals and souls that are moved by them and in short all things depend on one mover and perhaps in consequence of honouring your art you have conceived that the maker of the universe is a certain mechanic and that you are an imitator of the best of causes these things however we have written mingling the jocose with the serious three betaking ourselves therefore to the contest we say that the difference of these three things ought especially to be considered by you if you intend to arrive at the gate of the subjects of investigation and of these the first indeed is that providence and fate do not differ in the way in which you conceive they do that the one is a connected consequence but the other is necessity the cause of this consequence for both indeed are the causes of the world and of whatever is produced in the world but providence subsists prior to fate and all that is produced according to fate is by a much greater priority produced by providence but the contrary is not true for in short the natures which are governed by providence are more divine than those which are governed by fate the second thing is this that the soul which is separable from the body and which descends into this mortal abode from the gods is different from the soul which is in bodies and which subsists in and is inseparable from its subjects and that the latter essentially depends on fate but the former on providence the third particular is that the science and truth which are inherent in souls conversant with generation though they may lead an immaculate life are different from the science and truth in souls that have fled from this abode and are established in that place whence they first fell and descended into the realms of mortality of these three particulars therefore as we have said if you can discover sufficient solutions you will obtain a satisfactory answer to your inquiries for providence indeed differing in the above-mentioned manner from fate it will be evident that many things escape fate but that nothing escapes providence that providence supernally governs fate produces it and has limited its empire by alter-motive natures by things which are allotted their first subsistence in beings that are moved by something else but again having shown that the soul which is separable from bodies is different from that which is planted in bodies it will be manifest to you which of these two possesses freedom of will and that which is in our power which is subservient to necessity
and is under the dominion of fate and where the complication of these is to be found on account of which the one dulls the freedom of the will through a subordinate life but the other participates of a certain image of election in consequence of its greater proximity to a more excellent nature and science appearing to you to be twofold it will be evident after what manner both plato and socrates and to these also may be added the great parmenides assert that the soul while here is capable of knowing truth when it is purified from material darkness and the passions introduced into it by the body and its commixture with corporeal natures but that it is allotted science in a greater degree and in a more genuine mode when it exists beyond bodies and generation and bitter matter four these three problems therefore being necessary and having been well discussed by the ancients partly by iamblichus in his copious and elaborate treatises on providence and fate and partly by all the lovers of plato who proclaim that the soul is twofold by plotinus likewise in many places and also by porphyry who make a distinction between contemplation and contemplative virtue and in short by all who are able to understand plato this being the case it is necessary that beginning from the first thing proposed we should discover the difference between providence and fate but in everything says plato it is requisite to know the one principle of that which is the subject of speculation or we must err in everything it is necessary however as the demoniacal aristotle teaches after inquiring if a thing is to investigate in the next place what it is if therefore you inquired whether providence is or is not and in a similar manner concerning fate it would be requisite in the first place to show you that each of them is and if you still doubted i should be unwilling after this to answer your doubts but since you acknowledge that both of them have a subsistence and that all things are comprehended in their dominion it evidently remains i conceive that i should demonstrate to you what each of them is for from this it will be evident what it is in which they differ and this being known many of your doubts as we have said will be solved but again because to the discovery of what a thing is the dividing method is said to contribute which socrates in the philebus celebrates as the gift of the gods to men and because what are called our common conceptions contribute to the discovery of principles from which conceptions it is possible as aristotle writes to investigate many things that are demonstrable hence it is requisite that we also employing both these should unfold providence and fate so far as pertains to what we say they are 
using common conceptions, but so far as pertains to other things, employing distinctly the divisions of beings, from which, as it appears to me, we can alone discover what the definitions are of providence and fate. But these, being known, will enkindle a clear light in the subjects of investigation, and will perhaps free us from the doubts by which we are at present detained. 5. The common conceptions, therefore, of all men, and which possess indubitable evidence, assert that providence is indeed the cause of good to those beings for which it provides and that fate is also a cause, but the cause of a certain connection and consequence to those things that are generated. For that all of us have these irrefragable conceptions about providence and fate is evident from our asserting that men who are the procurers of good to others have well provided for the subjects of their beneficence. And again, we denominate that which is evolved through many causes complicated with each other and unknown to us, no otherwise than fate. Our life also is full of these names, because names testify the truth of these conceptions. For the word providence, pronoia, indicates that energy which is prior to intellect, and which it is necessary to attribute to the good alone. For this alone is more divine than intellect, because much-honored intellect desires good, together with all things, and prior to all things. But the word fate, imarmene, indicates that which connects all things that are naturally adapted to have such a connection. Moreover, that the thing which is provided for is not the imparting nor that which is connected, fate, nor that which proceeds into this connection, but that which connects, you may assume from this that all of us conceive providence and fate to be certain productive powers. But everywhere effective causes are distinct from their effects, and these three things differ from each other, videlicet, that which makes, that which is made, and the energy of making. Just as in what pertains to providence and fate there are, that which provides, that which is provided for, and the effective energy which proceeds from the providing cause into that which is provided for and again there are that which connects, that which is connected, and the effective energy proceeding from the connecting cause into the thing connected. And it is evident that according to each of these triads, that which makes is not such as that which is made. But if the latter is various, it is necessary that the former should be simple and that if the participant of good is the thing made, the maker should be imparticipable. For everywhere 
that which makes is allotted a part more divine than that which is made when we say therefore that providence is the cause of good we must also say that it is the fountain of good which does not require to be benefited by other things and admitting fate to be the cause of connection we must not say that it is itself connected by other things such therefore being the common conceptions which we antecedently assume of these two it remains in the next place that we should consider what it is in which each of them excels and by which each is characterized and first in what the characteristic of fate consists six from these conceptions therefore we infer that fate is the cause of things that are connected but let us consider what the things are that are connected of beings therefore some have their essence in eternity but others in time by beings however whose essence is in eternity i mean those whose energy together with their essence is eternal but by beings whose essence is in time i mean those whose essence is not but is always in generation or rising into existence though it should be in generation for an infinite time and the natures that subsist between these are such as have their essence indeed permanent and better than generation but their energy measured by time for it is necessary that every progression from things first to last should be effected through media since therefore there are beings which are eternal both in essence and energy it is necessary that there should be a middle extent and that it should either have an eternal essence but an energy indigent of time or the contrary the contrary however is impossible that we may not confess that we place energies prior to essences hence it remains that the medium must be that which has an eternal essence but a temporal energy we say therefore that we have exhibited to you these three orders of beings the intellectual the psychical and the corporeal but i call the intellectual that which exists and is intellective through all eternity the corporeal that which is always rising into existence or becoming to be either in an infinite time or in a part of time and the psychical that which is eternal indeed in essence but which employs temporal energies where then must the things which are connected be arranged consider assuming from the gods the meaning of the term eresthai to be connected as implying nothing else than this that the natures which are differently produced according to time are conjoined with and not separated from each other and if existing at one and the same time they are distant from each other according to place yet they have a certain coordination with each other 
hence being separated either by places or times they are in a certain respect collected into unity and into one sympathy through connection and in short the things which are connected cannot suffer this from themselves but require something else which may impart to them connection if therefore the natures which are arranged under fate are such as are connected with each other according to our common conception of fate but the things which are connected are partible being distant either in places or times and are naturally adapted to be connected by something else on account of the opinion of connection which prevails among all men and these are moved by something else and are corporeal for of the natures which are beyond bodies some id est intellects are better both than place and time but others videlicet souls though they energize according to time appear to be pure from place if this be the case it is evident that the things which are governed and connected by fate are moved by something else and are entirely corporeal seven if however this is demonstrated it is evident that admitting fate to be the cause of connection we must also admit that it presides over alter motive and corporeal natures but assuming this we will ask ourselves what that is which is said to be the cause of bodies which is proximate to them and by which things alter motive are inspired and contained and accomplish whatever they are able to effect and if you are willing looking in the first place to our bodies let us consider what it is that moves and nourishes and always reweaves and binds them together is not this that which is innate in bodies which also in other animals exhibits a similar energy which extends as far as to things that are rooted in the earth and possesses a twofold energy this indeed renovating bodies that they may not by deserption entirely vanish but that preserving the several individuals in a condition conformable to nature for it is not the same thing to add what is deficient and to preserve the power of things that are held together if therefore not only in us and other animals and plants but in this universe also much prior to bodies there is one nature of the world which is connective and motive of the subsistence of bodies as it is also in us or why do we call all bodies the progeny of nature it is indeed necessary that nature should be the cause of things that are connected and that in this what is called fate should be investigated and on this account perhaps the demoniacal aristotle also is accustomed to call those augmentations or generations which are affected beside the accustomed time deviations from fate and the divine plato says quote, 
that the world considered by itself without the intellectual gods is convolved as being corporeal by fate and innate desire the oracles of the gods also accord with these and bear witness to our demonstrations when they say quote, look not upon nature for the name of it is fatal and thus we have discovered what fate is and how it is the nature of this world and a certain incorporeal essence for it presides over and is the life of bodies and this essentially since it internally moves bodies and not externally moves all things according to time and connects the motions of all things that are distant both in times and places according to which also mortal are adapted to the participation of eternal natures are convolved together with them and these are mutually co-passive for the nature which is in us binds and connects all the parts of our body and their operations on each other and this also is a certain fate of our body as in our body likewise some parts are more but others are less principal and the latter follow the former so in the universe the generations of the less principal follow the motions of the more principal parts the sublunary generations follow the periods of the celestial orbs and the circle of the former is an image of the circle of the latter and these things which have been divulged by all the ancients i am unwilling to prolong eight it is not therefore difficult for you to see what providence is for if you assert that the fountain of good is primarily the divine cause itself you will speak rightly for whence except from divinity is good imparted to all things so that as plato says quote, no other cause of good than god is to be admitted Close quote. in the next place providence being established above both intelligibles and sensibles is superior to fate and those things which are under fate are also under providence possessing indeed their connection from fate but their participation of good from providence so that the connection may have a good end and that providence may contain the end of fate in itself but again with respect to things that are under providence all of them are not likewise indigent of fate but intellectual natures are exempt from it for the empire of fate is entirely in corporeal natures since to be connected introduces time and corporeal motion to these things also as it appears to me plato looking says that a subsistence of this kind is mingled from intellect and necessity intellect ruling over the necessity of bodies 
and in this place he calls the motive cause necessity which he elsewhere denominates fate conceiving that bodies act by compulsion and this rightly for every body is compelled both to do whatever it does and to suffer whatever it suffers to heat or to be heated to impart or to receive cold but choice is not in bodies because you may say that their peculiarity is the necessary and an existence unaccompanied with choice for if this were not the case what could there be that is better than bodies for the body which is moved in a circle and which is of an illustrious nature is thus moved from necessity in the same manner as fire is from necessity moved to the circumference but earth to the middle of the universe plato therefore asserts that necessity presides over the generations of bodies and on this account over their corruptions also but he exalts intellect and determines that it rules over necessity if therefore providence is above intellect it is evident that it rules over intellect and those things which are under this necessity and that necessity alone rules over those things which are under its dominion hence everything indeed which has an intellectual subsistence continues to exist under providence alone but everything which has a corporeal subsistence endures under necessity nine you must understand therefore that there are two genera of things the one intellectual but the other sensible and also that there are two kingdoms of these the kingdom of providence indeed above which reigns over both intellectuals and sensibles and the kingdom of fate beneath which has dominion over sensibles alone and providence differs from fate in the same way in which a god differs from that which is divine indeed but by participation and not primarily for in other things also as you may see one thing has a primary subsistence and another is according to participation thus for instance there is light in the sun and light in the air but the former subsists primarily and the latter subsists on account of the former and life is primarily in the soul but secondarily in the body and subsists on account of the life of the soul thus also providence indeed is essentially deity but fate is something divine and not deity for it depends on providence and is as it were its image for if as providence is to intellectual so is fate to sensible beings since the former reigns over intellectuals but the latter over sensibles then alternately as geometricians say as providence is to fate so are intellectuals to sensibles but 
intellectuals are primarily beings, and sensibles derive their subsistence from them. Hence, providence is primarily that which it is, and from this the order of fate is suspended. But of these things, enough. End of section 9